Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Three Crosses podcast. I'm Pastor Buzz Hannon, pastor for young adults and families here at Three Crosses Church, and this week I am so thrilled to have a conversation with my friend and boss and pastor, Dr. Larry Vold. Yes, Dr. Larry A. Vold, the one, the only. One thing I love about Larry is that even though he is my boss and he is our pastor, he certainly never lets those types of things block him from pursuing Jesus Christ as a personal and a humble disciple. Over the past three years that I've worked here at Three Crosses, I've just been so impressed with the quiet humility and sincere kindness that he treats everyone with and the ability that he has to radiate the love of Christ into our lives. As we've been going through our Shema series, I convinced him to sit down with me for about a half an hour and to share a few things from his life, uh, including how he came to know the Lord for the first time and what it meant for him to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, a little bit about his call to ministry, and then we get into the practical side about what does it mean to follow Jesus and to not just leave Jesus alone on Sunday, but to make Jesus the true king of our lives and What about the hardships that that entails? And what about the benefits that come along with that? How do we do that well? At the end, we get in a little bit to the different names of God that um, we did a sermon series a few years back. And in fact, Larry's book on that is in the bookstore. That's right. He literally wrote the book on the names of God. So if you want to hear a little bit more about Larry as a person, or if you're interested in exploring what it means to know Jesus Christ as Lord, this episode is for you. Thank you so much for listening, and may God bless you as you do so. Man, what a treat we have today. I'm here with Larry Vold, senior pastor here at Three Crosses Church. Larry, I'm I can't even contain the grin off my face, and you know I never smile. But but you're not here because you're the pastor. You're certainly not here because you're my boss. I want to talk about uh, what you know about following Jesus Christ as Lord. So thank you first and foremost so much for taking some time with us. And uh, as you know, we're in the midst of the Shema series and Mm -hmm. how this prayer can help us reflect who God is in our Mm. personal prayer life. And so we want to talk a little bit about the idea of Jesus Christ as Lord. Mm. You know, somebody might come on a Sunday, Larry, and they see you up there and they think, you know, that guy's the man. He's the superstar. He's whatever. But I mean, I know that's <laughs> then not Then they get true. to know me. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, what I love about you and your ministry is, first and foremost, you seek to be a disciple of Jesus. Mm. So apart mm. from your professional side, apart from what you do for us here mm. at the church, um, mm. maybe it would be fun to hear you tell us a little bit about what it was like to first accept Jesus Christ as Lord into mm. your life. Yeah. How did that go for you? And wow. what difference has that made for you? Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, I, I I was young, I was uh, like eight or nine years old, I guess, when I came to know Christ, third grade, sitting in a little classroom and opened my heart to Christ. Of course, I was raised in the church. My parents, you know, had uh, really introduced me to Christ long before that, but I just made an official commitment as a third grader. But, um, you know, as a kid, you don't really have a lot of pressures, really, and you don't see, although it was really weird. I, I look back on that and I can remember the big questions of, you know, where did God come from and how far is eternity and all those kinds of questions. But, um, but I also knew I was a sinner. Uh, and not only my, yeah, my sisters reminded me of that all the time. I was going to say, sisters has to be sisters. <laughs> I have but, sisters as well. But I knew right? deeply. I knew deep down inside, you know, my, uh, my heart was not right. There was something wrong. There was something broken. I knew it. 
And so as a third grader, you know, I remember just making that official commitment to Christ. Um, but, you know, as a kid, like I said, you know, you kind of go on and on. But it was in high school, really, that I really kind of um, became aware of what it means to really surrender my life to Christ. Um, I had a lot of friends that were, uh, you know, they were good guys, but they were kind of walking the road of what teenagers do. You know, a lot of experimentation, drugs, sex, you know, things outside of the plan of God. And and I was lured into some of uh, their experiences and had to make decisions and had to say, uh, this isn't for me. I know it isn't for me. But never really made, you know, strong, like, this is why I'm a Christ follower. I didn't have those kinds of expressions. I kind of chickened out and just kind of say, no, I can't do that or no, I don't want to be there. Um, but that was like the awakening in my heart for God saying, you need to surrender your life and not just, you know, be a name Christian. So Christian indeed, and not just in name. Yeah, just, yeah, with my life, with my life. And so, so that was awesome, really. Uh, when, when that decision happened, it was at a high school camp. Um, I was sitting in the back row, and the speaker was going on, and I was thinking, how did he know about all this stuff in my life? You know, did my parents write him a letter or something? <laughs> you know? And I could see sort of, you know, veiled hypocrisies in my life. I was a chameleon, you know, be one way at school, be one yeah. way with my friends. So I walked the aisle that night uh, when the invitation was given to either come to Christ or rededicate your life. And I rededicated my life as a sophomore in high school. And that just changed everything. And what rededication meant for me was that, I don't remember if the pastor was preaching this, but it was certainly in the text of my mind in the scripture where Jesus said, if anyone follow me, he must deny himself, take up his cross. And, and that was the thing that just really hit me. Like I wasn't really denying myself. I was living for myself. And so that was a big turnaround. Yeah, so even at 15, 16 years old, you're able to see the selfishness, the self-centered way of living isn't compatible with Christ-centered way of living. Exactly. Yeah, it was clear. What kind of things did that change in your life as a 16-year-old? What sort of decisions or habits or yeah. direction That's did huge. that give you? Well, one thing, it made me explain to my friends why I wasn't doing the stuff they were doing. Which I'm and sure was super easy for any 15-year-old yeah, to do, exactly. to go against their friends. Exactly. I remember one guy just going, you are you are so weird. Why, what's going on? And, and, uh, all I could say to him was that I just really felt like I needed to follow Christ. And I knew that this kind of behavior was not right. And it's not, not that I even engaged in those behaviors. It was just like I was around it and they didn't know the difference that was in my life. And so, um, it was really cool to kind of awaken to that. And, and so, uh, first explaining to people why I was not doing the things or why my life was going a certain direction. And then also just on the positive side of inviting people into the world I was in, I shared my testimony with people. I shared my faith actively. You know, not, I wouldn't say like an evangelist would, but... Um, like you're not out there picketing at yeah, your school. Exactly. But I, you were forced I was not leaving tracks around. And, yeah. Exactly. I was just, I was being out loud with my faith. And and it also kind of broke me from like feeling, okay, so backing up, I, you know, I was a, a band guy. I was not like, you know, the Mr. Popular on campus. I was uh, so not rock band guy. Yeah, not rock band. We're talking band, symphonic band. band. band yeah, exactly. Yeah, Trumpet go. player. That's you know, cool. we have that. Kind of the nerds. Classes. You know, nerds are the best. Larry. Oh, I know. You I... had to hang on. When I was in high school, nerds weren't cool, but they became cool. And I was like, <laughs> all right, it's our time. <laughs> it's our time. Yeah, but what God did in my heart was like, you know, hey, don't be intimidated by people. You've got the word of life, and so I started reaching out to these guys who were on a football team and some of the more, you know, athletic guys around the campus. And, and I just actually kind of befriended them. And some of them pushed me away, like, you know, you're not my kind. Sure. But 
a number of them actually kind of began to see like hey, there was something to this guy and almost like a Nicodemus experience, they would come and come out of the dark and they would ask me these really weird questions like, what do I think about, you know, uh, their, you know, situation with their girlfriend or, or they're struggling with some aspect of their academics. or they were, you know, just frustrated with their parents or something and just opened up all these conversations. But that wasn't senior pastor Larry Gold, no, no, doctor no, no. of ministry. That was some 16-year-old <laughs> kid, yet they yeah. felt comfortable going yeah, to you. some yeah. did. Sometimes people, I think, maybe they perceive that only the pastors have the right answer. But that's encouraging yeah. to me to think mm. that a 16-year-old person who's living mm. their right life forthrightly mm. can have an impact with the wisdom that they've been given. Absolutely. Uh, I guess. I mean, I, I mean, yes, absolutely. And I, I think in my heart, I would like to believe that there was some impact there. But... Uh, I'm sure there could have been a lot more. But with some, of course. a few of my friends, it became very significant. And one friend in particular that just really saw the hypocrisy of a religious experience. His parents were Catholic, and he was raised Catholic, and they were just kind of living, you know, dual lives. And he was really attracted to what was going on in my life. And he came to know Christ. And then a few others of my friends came to know Christ. Yeah, yeah that idea of hypocrisy and are you the same everywhere. I think about that a lot as mm. I live my life in front of my boys. Mm. You know, I come to church, which is also my job and you know, yeah. your job, and yep. you're on and people are looking to you. And right. then your kids see what you're really like yeah. at home. They know. <laughs> yeah. They know. <laughs> and uh, I want my kids to see the impact that Christ has made in my life more Amen. than anyone else. I'm know? sure so they just are. Just like my close friends. So I, you know, again, with humility, I think so. Yeah. But we... <laughs> We trust God for that. You know, Absolutely. it's not up to me to where yeah. their life goes. It's up to the Lord and their own decisions. And sometimes yeah. I wish it were more up to me because yeah. I can control them, you know, and yeah. make them stay on the right path. But exactly at the end of the day, we, we can trust God. Mm. So mm. there you are, 15-year-old kid, 16-year-old kid, mm-hmm. trust in life or trust in God for your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you know at that time that you were going to be called into full-time ministry yeah. and that was the direction you were heading? Not at all. Um, I've People in our church, you know, kind of saw the life I was living. I mean, you know, just sort of like I was active. I was involved with the youth ministry. And we had a really robust youth ministry at our church. And I became kind of one of the leaders. And our youth pastor kind of thrust me into leadership roles with campus ministry and doing things, even as a high school kid. And uh, so I would get these nudges at times where people would say, oh, you know, you're going to make a great pastor. You should be a pastor. And I used to push them back and just say, you know, oh, and you know, in my mind, I thought that would be terrible. I would never want to be a pastor. <laughs> what a boring life, you know. You know, I, I thought exactly the same thing, too. <laughs> I don't want to be like that guy, that's yeah. for sure. I just thought, yeah, my, my, it's funny, though, because uh, I didn't really have any rubric to decide that. It was just something in my mind, you know. Um, I wanted to please the Lord, but I just didn't think a vocation of ministry was my calling. But I love ministry, and actually I was heading toward a fire service job that uh, thought I could help out a lot in in ministry, but never be necessarily a pastor. But God changed my mind on that. And that was through watching kids in our ministry really turn the corner with the difference between, you know, just knowing about God and knowing Him as Lord, and that was probably the biggest turning point that God used to call my life because I was introduced to a young kid that was going to the campus ministry that I was involved in. This was now one year out of high school, and he was actually almost two years out of high school. He was a um, a kid that was in the occult, uh, just all kinds of weird, dark stuff in his life, and he needed to get free. And I kept telling him, hey, you just need to trust Jesus, you know, trust his promises. And he couldn't see doing it. And he would use all kind of cryptic language like, well, they won't let me and all this stuff. And who's yeah. the they? It's all these, like, I think he had like demonic spirits that were really invading his life. 
And so through an experience with that kid and seeing the power of the Lordship, the Lordship of Almighty God change his life. And in that setting, it just really, God used that to say, this is what I want your life to be about, calling people into a Lordship relationship with me. Yeah. So when you use that word, Lordship, mm-hmm. and that's not a, a everyday word that we use, yeah, but I think right. it's really important. Can you right. unpack that for us a little bit and drill down on what does it mean well, to make yeah. Jesus Lord? Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's funny, and I know exactly because I use that same expression, but we don't really make him Lord. He is Lord. We we uh, we submit to his lordship, or we don't. And and so, what do you mean by we don't make him lord? He is lord. Yeah, he's intrinsically lord, meaning that he is sovereign over all things. Uh, everything in heaven and earth bows before him. He's the one rightful supreme that deserves all of our honor and all of our praise. So whether or not we give him that honor or praise, he's still lord. Yeah, it's not a democracy. Exactly, this is a monarchy. Right. No, Christ is king. Yeah, sometimes That's we talk like we're giving him a favor somehow, like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, we're going to give him, we're helping him out, you know, with his role. And and I know that none of us mean that. And like I we'll give I, him I, lordship like you might give somebody an internship. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah, Lord, you won today. You get the you get the lordship prize. And that's not the way it works. He's Lord. Um, and I think that's, and hey, I struggle with that to this day. Like, I mean, every day we make choices about, are we going to do things God's way or our way? And I'm ashamed to say that at the end of the day, every day, I realize there are times where I've shaded his lordship in my life. I've just traded away for what I wanted in the moment or my thoughts wander or whatever. I'm just, you know, I'm constantly in this battle of like, who's really in charge, you know? And that's really the thing. And that's, and yet under the new covenant, the the beautiful thing is, is that God has graced us. He's Lord over our lives. That's his pronouncement over us. And so we struggle sometimes in the experience of it, but he's still Lord, and we still acknowledge it, that he is worthy of that title in our lives. So to make Jesus Lord, then, is a is an expression that we might say yeah. to say that sure. we allow him more authority in yeah. our life instead we of pushing him right. away. Sure. So Because he, he is Lord. He could come in and knock down the door and invade, but that's not yeah. normally how it feels like he yeah. operates. There right. has to be some sort of at least acceptance or invitation on right. our part. Yeah, we kneel. We bow. You know, and that's, you see that all the way back. In fact, you know, this whole idea of the word Lord, you know, the, the little word that we're unpacking in the Shema series, you know, it's it's the word Jehovah, uh, really, Yahweh, which is um, the, the covenant name of God. And, and that is his sovereignty, his power, his eternality, his, um, his provision, his providence, all of those things. And... Um, and that's, you know, we, we come, we either see him for who he is or we don't. And the very first, you know, thing that God tells Moses is, you know, you shall have no other gods before me. You know, like I am the Lord. I, there's no one before me. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we are idolaters and we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're talking about that this, this weekend. Yeah. It seems kind of almost silly. I'm hesitant to use the word silly that the sovereign Lord creator of the universe has to remind us, like, mm-hmm. don't put anything before me mm. yet. Yeah, it's so easy yeah. to do. Oh my goodness. Every day, people, things, stuff, you know, time, priorities, all that, you know? Yeah. Thought life yeah. for me, or sometimes yep. I just feel like I need a break and really I should be in there with my kids and yeah. you know, that self service, I feel yeah. like putting our own immediate needs yeah. before those of God seems to be a pretty yeah. common one. He's so gracious though. I mean, I love yeah. how the Lord is so patient with us and 
how even just saying the name Lord, you know, we are we are giving him the the rightful title over our lives that he is Lord, he is master. And yet with the many times we fumble that, he's still so gracious and so patient with us. And how beautiful that is. That he's not, you know, this picture of lordship is not this, uh, you know, um, dictator that is just, you know, ready to pounce on us. But he's Yeah, like a cosmic police officer, almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, uh, I was reading a, a book fairly recently by N.T. Wright. I don't know mm. if you're an N.T. Oh, Wright yeah, fan. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great. I, I love his stuff, so yeah. you can yeah. judge me for that if you want to. But he was giving <laughs> an analogy in his book about kind of like we view God as a police person man mm-hmm. and that he's going to give us a, a ticket mm-hmm. like if if you view kind of sin or things that you do apart from the plan of god in your life like going too fast in a car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you shouldn't speed is the reason that you shouldn't speed because you're going to get a speeding ticket mm-hmm. kind of like god's going to zap you or mm-hmm. is the reason that you shouldn't speed because you could crash and mm-hmm. hurt yourself yeah and is the reason we shouldn't sin in our lives because it's harmful to who we are yeah and i that really helped me understand yeah. that it's not about following rules, but it's about trying to form myself more and more into the image of Jesus Christ and Amen. who he created me to be. And as yeah. I let those things down, it's not to avoid punishment. Mm-hmm. It's to live a more full life. Yeah. Amen. And that, that comes into the personal sense of his lordship too, which is not, like you said, not policeman and not like distant authoritarian, but actually one who loves us. And so when I think about sin and how that can mar our relationship with him, I often think about how that breaks the law of God. My sin breaks the law of God. But really, if you look at it from the relationship that God has with us, that sin, our sin is really what breaks the heart of God. His, I mean, without, outside of Christ, we are at enmity with God and there is wrath. God's salvation is to save us from him because if we don't come in repentance and find him as our Lord and Savior then we are at enmity and we will be judged. And people need to know that. I don't think we tell them enough, you know, about that. Yeah. But the, but the, once that relationship happens, then there's this covering, this love relationship that is more about the heart of God for us when we screw up, when we mess up, than his, his law being infringed. Um, that's, you know, the, the law was given to show us that we are sinners. And sometimes as Christians, we still live in the sense that the law is all that really matters. And it's really, the law just represents the fact that when we miss God's plan for us, we, we're breaking his heart because he has a better way. He knows what's better. Yeah. I mean, we, you were talking about this Hebrew word, Yahweh, mm-hmm. being the, the name here in the Shema that we're unpacking. Yeah, and yeah. then Moses uses it in the Ten Commandments. And I was thinking about how the first time it's used in the Old Testament is at the burning bush. And yeah, God right. tells Moses when he asks, who shall I say sent me? And then the Lord says, I am that I am. Mm-hmm. Just kind of a an attempt that we have to unpack what Yahweh means has mm-hmm. sent you. And mm-hmm. I love that because it's that I'm the Lord, but I go with you and I send yeah. you. Yeah. And there is a relational aspect, mm-hmm. even as Moses had responsibility and mission and mm-hmm. all of those things and yeah. probably felt like it was up to him at times, but mm-hmm. the Lord goes with him. Amen. I remember in college, I read a book by Frederick Buechner and he was talking about this burning bush experience. And he says, the Lord revealed to Moses his divine name and hasn't had a moment's peace ever since <laughs> <laughs> that he invited us broken people mm. into his dominion and into his kingdom. Mm. And we let him down all the time. Mm. And we probably haven't given God too much peace. Mm. It's not up to us. It's up yeah. to him. And yeah. I love thinking about how it's up to him. Amen. Awesome. 
So we've talked a lot about making Jesus Lord in our life, accepting G- the intrinsic lordship of Jesus and walking that out in our life and how it's even seen in some of the Old Testament. Is it, what else do you think is really important about lordship? Or if somebody's sitting there thinking, you know what, like that makes sense. I understand the facts about Jesus as Lord, but I'm really struggling to make that practical mm. and appropriate mm. that for myself. Mm. What sort of suggestions might you give yeah. somebody like that? Well, I think it's deep in the relationship with God, because when you deepen your relationship with God, um, I think the principle of lordship is everywhere. And it's not a theoretical thing. It's literally a choice thing. It's a decision thing you're making every day, every, your priorities, what you invest your life in, what you go after with your life. What are you trying to accomplish with your life? And if the Lord is really the Lord and you've submitted your life to him, then really he's calling the shots. And every day we ought to be you know, so practically speaking, we check in, you know, first thing in the morning, we're taking time to be in his word and we're praying, we're asking God to show us what is your guidance? What is your direction for my life today? And then as things crop up during the day, we're challenged. We're either being challenged with, Ooh, this is a direction that isn't healthy for me. I should stop and make a correction. Um, or wow, Lord, thank you for showing me that this is the right direction and bless your name and give you glory, you know? So it's really like this rhythm of just uh, um, a relationship. And so deepen your relationship with God and the picture of Lordship, I think just gets a lot more clear. Yeah. That reminded me a lot of episode one of these podcast series that we've done was with my friend, Dr. Lyons. And he used the expression that the Holy spirit would tap you on the shoulder, but he only does that most often. Of course, God can do anything, but if you've been in the word and if you've been in prayer, then as you go throughout your day, he can remind you of those things that he's brought to mind Mm -hmm. through the word. And so you, just like Cam, are telling me, there's no mm. real other choice. You've got to spend time with God. Not Absolutely. really an optional deal for us disciples. Absolutely. Why do you think it's so hard for so many people to do that? It seems so simple, but it's I, it's not easy for us. Yeah, I think, you know, we make it harder than it really is. I, I think it's a choice, uh, and it's, you know, in our culture, Buzz, it's busyness, you know. It's like everybody's got to get up, get going in their day, and they just really haven't created any margin to actually just stop and be still before the Lord. And it doesn't take a lot of time. I tell people, you know, even 10 minutes can change your life if it's sincere. If you're meeting with the Lord to say, God, what do you have for me today? Uh, My wife and I enjoy reading scripture every day. And, and, you know, we miss occasionally. It's very rare that we miss. But the beautiful thing about it is, you know, we read a chapter of God's word and we've read through the Bible a few times. Uh, there are some books that are hard to get through, um, you know, just because you're kind of listening for the practicality of things, the book of Leviticus, the book of Numbers, you know, various places in the Old Testament where it's a little bit heavy treading. But but just reading the Word of God, just a short time of reading every day, and then just coming before the Lord in prayer is just a beautiful reset in every day of your life, whether you do it in the morning or in the afternoon. I think morning is good. Jesus, Mark 1, 35, you know, he got up early while it was dark and he went to a lonely yeah. place. But, you know, you can, you can be at any time of the day if it's a sincere moment where you pull the truck over, so to speak, and, and ask the Lord, you know, what to do. And throughout the day, you don't just close the Bible and go on from there, too. You live with this conscious, you know, Paul said, pray without ceasing. And so it's a conversation that we're having with God all day long, all day long, never stops if we're dialed in. But, it, but for a lot of people, Buzz, I think people just stop they, they look at their Christian life as sort of like this little slice that they do on Sundays. And yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. 
or even a slice 10 minutes in the morning or a slice yeah. at the lunch break or yeah. Yeah. right before your meal, but it doesn't right. really impact what you're doing and the right. way you can import yourself. Right. But you got a lot better shot at it if there is a slot in the morning, you know, when you are kind of stopping. If there is an intentionality to it, uh, it's going to have an impact. But, yeah, that could be routine, too, and people can kind of lose that. Yeah, the idea is to get that relationship out, that lordship out into everything that we do. Absolutely. As the scripture says, whatever your hand finds to do, you know, do it with all your might. And he'll, the Lord. you know, the thing about it is he does wreck stuff, you know. Uh, you know, when, when you say Lord... Uh, he's going to turn, turn some things upside down in your life. He's going to stop you in conversations where you need to apologize to people. He's going to bring you back around in relationships where you say, you know, I didn't treat you this way. I didn't treat you rightly in the situation. Or you're going to have to make some decisions about different course of direction in your life. And it gets messy. But that's what yeah. Lordship does. Yeah. Did you learn that on our men's retreat this year? <laughs> I the did. But I, stuff. I, yeah, but I, <laughs> but I feel like it kind of, it's like a learning that I've had all my life. Is It's like if you're really going to trust Christ, he's just going to turn the things over in your life that you thought were comfortable and easy, you know? Yeah, I think that men's retreat this year was a powerful time for a lot of us, myself yeah. included, yeah. and to think about that, which yeah, is that kind of great. a central theme of our teaching, that the Lord breaks things down in our life to rebuild them. Mm-hmm. better and more completely and more perfectly in alignment with who he is. Yep. That was awesome. But that tearing down process, it's not fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. you talked about something so seemingly simple as apologizing for some wrong you did to someone. Yeah. That's not easy. Mm-hmm. I know. Swallowing the pride and facing that person down and how will yeah. they react? And yeah. Yeah. But it's or forgiving people for what they've sinned against you. Letting things go that uh, we like to hold on to. We're good judges. I love to judge people. I love to size people up. And that's just part of my human nature, but it's not part of the new nature. You know, and so the Lordship is always going to be like tweaking those things that are common to our human nature that are not common to the new nature. And that's where it gets uh, both messy and fun. Because when you do it God's way, um, that's where you see the fruit and the blessing, the joy, the fulfillment. Yeah, and John Sam, when he tells us that he has come to give us abundant life, mm. it's real. Amen. It's real. The Lordship of Christ makes things better, Amen. not worse. So we've been talking a lot about the Lordship of Christ and the name used in uh, our passage here in Deuteronomy 6. Um, I'd love to, in our final few minutes, if you're willing, detour a little bit and get a little peek behind the curtain, so to speak, at what are some of the other names of God that we use and how can they help us understand who he is and how yeah. to follow him better? Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Well, there are tons of names of God. And a while back, we did a little series on the names of God, the Jehovah names of God. And of course, there's other names too, El Shaddai, the great almighty. Um, mm-hmm. But we kind of zeroed in on the Jehovah names of God because those are the sort of the compound names given throughout the Old Testament that kind of describe his character. And uh, we, you know, we put a book out based on the, the series that's in our bookstore that I think people could maybe get a little encouragement from. But it, the cool thing about it is really is like all of his names mean who he is. So when you know the name of God, you can understand how you can trust him. You know, for example, um, you know, Jehovah Rophe, you know, the God who heals. God is a God that heals. He loves to just mend our lives. And when you know that, you come to God with your with the stuff that's broken in your life, whether it's a physical thing or an emotional thing. Um, you know, uh, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. You know, on the mountain of the Lord will be provided. Great story, Abraham, Genesis 22 through 28. And, you know, these kinds of stories remind us that um, when God reveals himself by his name, he's saying, you can trust me, you can call on my name. 
you know? Um, I don't know what Buzz's name means. Do you know what it means? Buzz? Yeah. So my legal name is Richard, yeah. which also they don't know what that means. Oh, <laughs> okay. So it doesn't matter how deep you go, I'm a, I'm a mystery. You know, Richard often is associated with Richard the Lionheart from the old, ah, old English okay. Crusades. So a lot of people say it means powerful king. Ah, buzz is kind of a nonsense, no, but there's that. Buzz in the Bible. I should look at Yeah, up. exactly. He's there. Yeah. Uh, he's running around yeah. in Jeremiah and, uh-huh. uh, and in the book of Job. Yeah, exactly. What does Larry mean? Larry means, it comes, uh, well, the word literally means uh, crown or laurel, um, which, you know, that is really here nor there. I guess what I was wanting to introduce is the fact sometimes we don't even know what our names mean, or if, they, if we know what they mean, they're not necessarily descriptions of our character. But for God in the Old Testament, his name is always a description of his character. He's given yeah. us a name so we can know him, just like a person's name means everything to them. You know, and in that sense, we can understand what God's saying is because if you don't know someone's name, you're never going to know them. Yeah. Yeah. You're speaking about name in the sense that it carries with you a reputation or a sense of authority or so when the Lord says, you know, the name of Jesus is above every other name. It's not like a magic incantation. You can stamp on your prayers. Exactly. Say the authority given to Jesus is above every other authority. The character that Christ displays is above every other. Yes. The reputation that he has and the ability we have to trust him. Mm -hmm. It's right there. Amen. And so... I love hearing yeah. you talk about the, what you call the Jehovah names of God in that same way. We learn more about who God is, what he's done in the past, and yep. how he stands ready to do those things for us as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a fun study. And we're going to unpack that a little bit um, in the message. And if you've listened to the message already, maybe you got some of that. And just what the name actually Jehovah means. You know, when you speak the name Lord, what are you actually saying? And that anywhere in your Bibles where there's a capital L-O-R-D, that's the actual transliteration of, you know, the word Yahweh that was used in the old, or Jehovah became Jehovah. Um, so that it's, it's a fun thing. So you sometimes find just the lowercase Lord, and that can mean just master. Uh, it can be used of a human person. It can be used of a boss. It can be used of a teacher of some sort. But the capital letters uh, in the English Bibles always refer back to that Hebrew name Jehovah, uh, that we translate Jehovah, which is the proper name of God. Oh, Larry, do you have a a word perhaps of encouragement mm. or somebody's out there and saying, you know what, I listened to I have a half hour of this and my life's not changed yet. <laughs> mm. I still don't see Jesus as Lord in my life. Or maybe mm. I'm struggling with um, something hard, like a divorce or mm-hmm. a physical issue, or I feel mm. like I've tried to follow God, but I don't see mm my circumstances changed. Yeah. I thought if I became a Christian, things would get better and I'd reconcile with my kids and I'd have better financial outlook. And here I am and it still feels mm. hard, mm. if not even mm. harder. Yeah. yeah. How would you encourage those people today? I'd say, I'd just say big picture, you know, um, God does not promise that when we, um, embrace his Lordship in our lives, that everything right now, or even in this life is going to be, all sewn up the way we want it to be. Um, I think generally speaking, it is a great principle and promise that the lordship of God's lordship, Christ's lordship in our lives uh, is, is a benefit all the way around and will make life better in the, in, in the big picture and even in the momentary picture. But not always in that momentary piece do we feel it do we see it? And we've got to write it out. We've got to see the bigger picture and we've got to trust. So if anyone's out there just struggling and just feeling like, you know, I'm trying to submit my life to the Lordship uh, of God, of our Lord Jesus in my life, I just don't see the benefit of it right now. Just hang on. Hold on. Uh, the enemy loves to, 
you know, his lie is uh, to tell us that God isn't who he says he is, that he's not faithful, and you can trust that he is. Um, that's what his word reveals about his name, that he is the faithful one. Yeah, amen. Amen. I love how in, in the Gospel of John, Jesus tells Pilate that my kingdom is not of this mm. world, yeah. and sometimes his blessings don't line up with what our world values, Yeah. but they're always better, yeah. and he can always be trusted. Amen. So, I like Psalm 91. It says, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I just think it's a beautiful promise that God's Word gives us to us, is that we've got to dwell in a place before we can rest in a place. And sometimes we, we struggle at finding the rest because we're just not dwelling the way we should. Yeah, that's a good word. Amen. Well, Larry, I appreciate your friendship for me and the way you've modeled that and how I've mm-hmm. learned as you try to follow Christ, how to follow Amen. Christ better. I love the way you lead our church family. I know so many of us are praying for you and appreciate what you have done and your, what your family does for us. Thank you. And uh, It's an honor. Keep on making him Lord. Amen. Thank you. Amen. And you too. Man, every time I sit down with Larry, I'm just blown away. I would love to be a person of such quiet humility and perseverance and love for Jesus Christ in my life. Larry's certainly not perfect and never pretends to be so, but I love that he models for us what it means to follow Jesus Christ as best as we can, however he leads and whatever that means. If you'd like to explore what it means to make Jesus Lord of your life, or if you have some struggles that you need help in overcoming, always feel free to reach out. We have people standing ready to talk with you or pray for you or connect with you. Uh, one good way to do that is just send me an email, buzz at threecrosses.org, and I'll either connect with you myself or connect you to someone who stands ready to help you, to introduce you to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, or to connect a little bit more closely with what it means to make Him Lord and invite Him into your life, not only on Sundays, not only during the quiet time, but to do what Larry challenged us to do, to pray continually and to more nearly help our lives align with what we say we believe, that Jesus Christ is Lord. I hope that today has blessed you, and I hope that you've experienced a little bit of life transformation as we follow Jesus Christ together.